welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I am still joined by my tag team partner, as I am each and every week, the fighting Irishman himself, Kevin Patrick. KP, it's been a rough one. It's been a rough week within the WWE universe. How are you holding up? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, bud. It's, it's been a rough week for everybody, all the viewers around the world that have been with WWE since the beginning. And then a rough one for our friends and colleagues, you know, that, that knew Terry Funk really well and certainly knew Bray Wyatt so well throughout. So, um, you know, look, credit to everybody for getting through Friday and Monday because it's been an emotional place to be. No doubt about it. Emotions have been running extremely high since the entire world was shocked last week. We're going to do our best here on ATB to lift your spirits, help you through this. Uh, I just want to take a a few moments to pay some respects. Obviously, I want to start with the great Terry Funk. Uh, I actually had a moment, KP, after we got off the air Friday night at SmackDown, which I want to talk about in depth in a few minutes. Uh, I got to run into Paul Heyman and I was able to thank Paul Heyman because it was because of Paul that I got to know and understand the greatness that was Terry Funk. Terry Funk's heyday was obviously many, many years ago, despite the fact he had a 50-year active career, which is unheard of. Uh, but for my generation, in my age range, ECW was sort of a rebirth for Terry Funk. It introduced the Funker to a whole new generation of fans who may not have been familiar with his epic epic rivalries with Ric Flair and matches with the great Muda and the territory days. I mean, Terry Funk has truly done it all. I think he's been in the ring with literally everybody of all time. He's, he was that accomplished and had such a career. Uh, So it it was definitely heartbreaking for the business as a whole. As you mentioned, uh, Terry Funk highly respected by everyone who's ever encountered him. I didn't know Terry very well. I had the opportunity to meet him a few times and he was always as advertised, just as friendly and happy and really lit the room up. Uh, and it's very odd that you hear about someone in any walk of life who is simultaneously revered as being one of the toughest people ever in that business, yet also simultaneously being one of the most well-liked. And I, to this day, don't know anyone who's ever said a, a, a poor word about Terry Funk uh, w- without at least being quick enough to give him his flowers that we, that we lost one of the all-time greats. That in and of itself... Very sad, very tragic, uh, but not necessarily totally unexpected or out of left field. Terry was getting up there in the years. He's had some health problems over the years. Uh, so while that in and of itself was extremely tragic, uh, Thursday evening, we all received the horrible news uh, that we lost Bray Wyatt, our friend, Wyndham Rotunda. And as anyone who watched Friday Night Smackdown could see, the outpouring of support and emotion from the locker room, from everybody backstage, from the very top of the mountain on down. And and I'm not speaking out of school saying that everybody, you were in the same production meeting. I was people were wearing their emotions on their sleeve. There were tears choked back before the show ever began. Uh, I walked into the arena and I saw Berkeley Ottman, who is our bell ringer, our timekeeper who I met back in the days of FCW uh, there's a whole generation of us who populate WWE now who all sort of began at or around the same time in Tampa uh, at FCW. And Berkeley was just just a young guy who would kind of hang around and help out wherever he could. And he, he scratched and clawed and worked his way into an actual position. And I walked into the arena, into our locker room, and Berkeley was the first person I saw. And he he had, you know tears in his eyes, understandably. And he came up and just gave me a big hug. And thankfully that would be the recurring theme of the day. 
And as much controversy as there could have been, not that I really noticed much about going on with the show and having everybody doing their job, performing their roles with such heavy hearts in hindsight, to me, there's nowhere else I would have rather been than at SmackDown helping construct this tribute uh, in short order and kudos to our amazing studio in Stanford to be able to put together the amazing Bray Wyatt video package and, and everyone who sat in that meeting and discussed the best way to honor the memory of Bray within the constructs of a two hour SmackDown show. Uh, it was just the outpouring of support and emotion from everybody being able to see Braun Strowman, being able to see Eric Rowan. Uh, you know, the, the first person I texted once I found out was Seth Rollins, who's going to be our guest here in a little bit. Heavy hearts across the board. Uh, we, we did the best that we could on Friday under those circumstances. I think it was a home run. I think we did a great job honoring the memory of Bray and Terry Funk and trying to help the WWE universe who all had collectively heavy hearts sort of just deal with it. Uh, I've had a few days to, to actually speak to my therapist and really sit with this after SmackDown went off the air, went back to the hotel walked into the hotel bar and saw a few of our regulars, you know, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes and a, and a few others. And we did one shot, did a shot of Jack in memory. I went back up to my room and full disclosure, I fell apart, man. I, I really sat with it. Um, everybody grieves differently. It hit me really hard because I was just looking back and thinking to having Wyndham as such a constant throughout my career in WWE dating all the way back to the FCW days. And I want to take a minute before I get any further to send my condolences to Mike Rotunda and his wife, Stephanie Taylor Rotunda, who we all know as Bo Dallas, uh, Micah Rotunda, their little sister who is, is as close to a little sister that the entire business has. Micah always is just smiling and great to be around. And of course, Bray's wife, uh, Wyndham's wife, Jojo, Jojo Offerman, who we all know from WWE as a ring announcer here for a long time absolute sweetheart of a human being, their children, the entire family. Uh, it, it, you're not going to find a tighter knit family within this industry. I think than the rotundas, I, you, you, if you knew Wyndham and you knew Taylor, you know, Taylor, you knew how close they were with their family. If you knew Mike, when Mike was around as a producer, how highly he spoke of his children and he loved to just brag and just a beautiful family unit. They all, to my knowledge, live within a, a, a very, very short distance of one another in Florida, uh, almost like a compound. Uh, that was a few years back. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure people have, have shifted and moved. But I, I think the important thing to take away is while the WWE universe understandably is mourning Bray Wyatt, those of us who were lucky enough to know Wyndham, we're mourning the loss of our friend. And to take it back to the FCW days, Wyndham had come up as Husky Harris to WWE for a cup of coffee got sent back down. A demotion like that can demoralize a superstar. I've seen it happen numerous times over the years. And instead, Wyndham chose to completely recreate himself from the fast-talking Husky Harris, who was more of who Wyndham Rotunda truly was that we knew. <laughs> right? he, he was a country boy. The, the Rotunda boys were spoken of much like the Duke brothers from the Dukes of Hazard within in the realm of FCW. Oh, those Rotunda boys. They, they're just, just fun and lit up a room. And you couldn't- I'm sure they love that. Oh, yeah. And, and you can ask anybody, anybody who passed through and was lucky enough to share a locker room or perform on these shows- 
or just be at practice, which was a drag a lot of times, you know, and we're in this little warehouse sweating and, and the opportunity to make it to Raw or SmackDown seemed like such a pipe dream, such an impossibility. And what Wyndham did was really bring a lot of levity to everyone's lives. When you're in this warehouse with no air conditioning, sweating and taking bumps and doing drills and trying to figure out what the hell can I possibly do? Wyndham just made everybody laugh. You need that guy. And simultaneously, Wyndham was creating this persona, this Bray Wyatt character, which transcended WWE and was, would go on to be something unlike we've ever seen before in the sports entertainment space. And it's such a, such a fun, interesting dichotomy between who we knew Wyndham Rotunda as versus who the world got to know as Bray Wyatt. And all one amazing mind, one of the most creative, intelligent people I've ever had a chance to sit down and just chat with. And I used to love falling down the rabbit hole with Bray. I remember back in the very early days of the Wyatt family, we would be in some armory somewhere in Florida and and Wyndham would be holding court and he would go on about these conspiracy theories and these different, (laughs) some of it was a little much, but he would just, he was so invested and and it almost felt like a a what uh, a method actor. Where I remember promo day in FCW, Wyndham would disappear. You wouldn't see Wyndham. All of us would be sitting around watching the other promos, etc., critiquing one another. And Wyndham was gone. And then Bray would show up and just captivate the room. And and I can tell you, I I remember it like it was yesterday. The very first time we all saw what would become Bray Wyatt. And he walked out of the room and there was not a word spoken for probably 30 seconds because everybody had to digest what it was that we just saw because he took the constructs of being a WWE superstar and turned it on its head in a way that I think will be felt for years to come. He sort of opened this door from a creative aspect within our business that had never been opened before. I'm sure people have had ideas. People had these grandiose thoughts and, and stories they wanted to tell, but he was the first one that was really able to do it and normalize it and show the higher ups and those in charge making decisions. This isn't. Did un- you always know he had that in him? No, no. I again, when when you knew Wyndham, Bray seemed like the farthest departure that could be possible. He he was completely unlike the Bray Wyatt character, this sadistic, scary, yet captivating being that you, you didn't know what to think about. Wyndham, you knew you wanted to go have beers with Wyndham. You wanted to go ride with Wyndham and wherever Wyndham and Taylor were going after the FCW show, you wanted to be there because it was going to be fun. It was just that atmosphere. And, and that's what I'm going to miss most. And, and over the years, of course, time happens and, and life happens and people leave the company. They come back. It, Life happens, right? Kids, no matter what aspect, (laughs) WWE is not unique in that sense. I don't care if you work at Target or, or, you know, 911, whatever your career is, you're going to have faces pop in and out of your life. And the one constant with, with Wyndham up until the last time I got to see him, which was right after the Royal Rumble match with LA Knight, walked back into, to Gorilla and he's waiting there with some silly comment and that big grin on his face and his high pitched voice that is, not something the world ever got to see. And I feel like we're blessed that we got to know Wyndham and, and it doesn't make it any different or any easier for anybody else who loved Bray Wyatt. 
but I just think it's so important. And I, and I trust in our friends that still populate this business uh, from Seth to Roman to Bo to whoever it may be. We'll keep the memory of Wyndham Rotunda and Bray Wyatt alive for years to come. One of the greatest characters we've ever known. One of my favorite people I've ever had a chance to share my life dream with. I've been in the ring with him a million times. Loved wrestling Bray. He he was a freak of an athlete for a man his size. So explosive. Fun to work. Fun to be in the ring with. And, And if you need any more... Uh, endorsement as to how talented Bray was in the ring. This is a guy who shared the WrestleMania stage with the undertaker. This is a guy who has been in the ring with Randy Orton, everybody, a who's who Bray has worked his way into that echelon and will never, ever be forgotten. Uh, Like I said, everyone grieves differently. Everybody grieves at their own pace. If you're listening to this and you're still in your feelings, by all means, sit there, be in your feelings, deal with it. Uh, however you see fit, I, I've, this was a rough weekend for me. I full disclosure, it's Wednesday morning last night. I had NXT on and when the Wyndham package, the Bray package came up, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't, I I was talking to my daughter on FaceTime and I glanced up and I saw it and I had to call my daughter back. I, I hung up and it just, it all came rushing back. And I think that's good. I think that just goes to show you what a mark he left on this world. And I, I I'm just honored to have been a, a tiny little part of the journey that was Wyndham. If you're okay with me saying this, uh, we were in TV locker and your son called you. Yeah. And he, he had just found out and he's what, 14? Yeah. 15. Yeah. 15. And he was devastated. Well, the, the fiend was his favorite. The, the fiend to that point, the fiend was such a, a captivating character that my son, who's not really a WWE fan, generally speaking, he watches it. He knows it, but that's more like that's where dad works. He thought The Fiend was the coolest thing that he had ever seen. So much so, I've never told this to anybody. It was Christmas, the day after Christmas, I think two years ago, three years ago. I was living downtown in in Pittsburgh and Carmella was on the road. She had to do the holiday tour. And it was myself and my kids. And we listened to Bray Wyatt's Fiend entrance music probably 50 times in a row while we took down the Christmas tree. Because my son just thought it was such an awesome song. The Code Orange guys did a great job with it. Uh, he was just just so cool, man. I, and I, I'm, I'm smiling now. And this is what I needed. I wanted to share those thoughts. I, my heart and my memories are happy having known him now. It's not so much a case that I'm sad that we lost him as much as I'm happy that we had him. You know, I only met him once, Corey, and it was at WrestleMania 2021. And, you know, during that whole time, I mean, we're talking about The Fiend, we're talking about the storyline with Randy Orton and the build up to that WrestleMania, Alexa Bliss involved as well. And I never saw Wyndham ever until I walked into the locker room and I was scared. I was brand new. I was only with the company a few weeks and that was the WrestleMania when we were thrown on air early. Oh, yes. And I, I, I saw Wyndham and he's sitting there and I was washing my hands in the bathroom and he was the closest seat to the bathroom. And I said, Hey, I just went, I just wanted to say, hi, I'm, I'm Kevin. I'm, I'm here. And he goes, yeah, welcome, man. And he had the biggest smile on his face. And I just thought that's, that's a lovely way to welcome someone that I, I don't, I don't know him. He certainly does not know me. And yet big friendly handshake and a big welcome. And that's the only interaction I ever had, but I do know that every time I saw the guy around WWE backstage, the biggest smile on his face, and you said it, that laugh was infectious. Um, it, it was a it was a, a beautiful laugh that brought everybody in, and and I I'm just I know as as a dad, 
my heart's broken for the family, um, for Jojo and the kids and everybody. Um, and I met Mike at the 30 year anniversary of Monday Night Raw back in what January. Yeah. And uh, he seemed just the, the nicest man, so proud of his kids. So love and thoughts and strength to, to everybody here. No doubt about it. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda will live on forever. Rest in power, my friend. We will see you on the other side. But KP, uh, as tough as this week has been within the halls of WWE, it was not without some bright spots. There's a lot of goodness happening. Again, we took this detour, this unexpected tragedy, but we've got to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off. We are full steam ahead toward Pittsburgh this coming Saturday. Payback, the premium live event, streaming live, WWE on Peacock. The last few stops on the road uh, saw Monday night, Zoe Stark and the man Becky Lynch in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, as Becky prepares to step inside of a steel cage this Saturday with Trish Stratus in the Steel City. Steel Cage, Steel City, I love everything about it. This was a wild one. Yeah. It was a hell of a main event to Monday Night Raw. And KP, before I, I don't even want to break it down too deeply right now. You know where I'm going. I can see the smirk beginning to form on your face. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you from Thursday night through Monday afternoon through the first probably two and a half hours of Monday night raw. You weren't going to find anything really resembling a smile on the face of old CG. But when Trish Stratus threw the chair in the ring and hit Zoe Stark directly in the forehead, (laughs) it was the most absurd, unintentionally hilarious moment in a long, long time. So for that, I say, thank you, Trish. (laughs) Thank you, Trish, for accidentally providing a little bit of levity that the entire WWE universe needed badly. Credit to Zoe Stark for realizing what had happened, shaking it off, and going about her business. That was up there with Titus World Slide to me. I have not laughed like that in a long time. It was cathartic. It was much needed. It was at the right time. So, yes, while, of course, the Internet had a field day with it. Have fun with it. Let's let's laugh about the reality of the situation. That was a one in a million chance of happening. And it happened. And (laughs) she pinged that the leg of that chair. I felt so bad for Zoe, who never stopped holding her forehead the entire match. Uh, it was absolutely insane, but it, it provided some much needed entertainment in my life. What, what, what about you? Live TV, baby. Live TV. I tell you what, I don't know how you guys do it. And I say you guys talking about you, Corey Graves, the, the superstar, because when you look at what Trish, Becky and Zoe put their bodies through and then now Becky heading into a steel cage to, again, you said diametrically opposed earlier. You go from going anywhere with false count anywhere to locking yourselves inside a steel cage it's going to end here, I think. It's Becky Lynch, the man, the, the arguably the best of the current generation versus arguably the best of, of uh, the generation past. And yeah. Trish Stratus has certainly still got it. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward in, in the best way possible. I'm looking forward to the conclusion of this one because it's what I know both superstars want, to be locked inside that cage and just have at each other. I think it's going to be exciting for sure. Hopefully it is the final chapter in that rivalry. Both women have big things on the horizon. But looking across the landscape, KP, I want to talk about NXT that I watched last night uh, as we record this. The fatal four-way main event uh, to, to crown the number one contender for Tiffany Stratton's NXT championship. And man, kudos to those women. All four of those women put on an absolute banger 
of a fatal four-way, which is very difficult to do, but it, it told a great story. It was exciting. It was action-packed. And I couldn't help but think as I was watching it next to my wife, the opportunity right now for the women's division in NXT, Raw, SmackDown, all across the board is ripe for the picking. Okay. Because you have your, your staples, right? And a lot of them are missing right now. Uh, obviously, I'm going to mention Carmella because she's my wife. Alexa Bliss. Uh, Charlotte Flair is not currently in the equation. Bianca Belair is, is out at, for the time being. Uh, there are so much opportunity right now for someone to be the next big thing to step up, to force the hand and to really establish themselves independently of needing a match with a Charlotte Flair or a Becky Lynch or, or, or a Bailey where they have the chance to prove that they are the next crop. We always talk and rely on the four horsewomen uh, because they were arguably the four biggest stars that came out of that developmental group, that time period. The time is right not for, for another generation to come. And I'm not saying to push the, the, the staples out. I'm not by any means implying yeah, that of course. they're old news. I'm just saying they've been carrying the flag for so long. I guarantee you, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky are sitting here going, hmm, I'd like to mix it up with her. Oh, she caught my eye. We, we saw a little interaction on Twitter between Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton. As a fan, if that doesn't excite you, the hell's wrong with you? Right. You need. Yeah. And so who stood out in the match? Why did the match stand out to you? I, I just thought, I thought it was a brilliant match I, for a fatal four way matchup to be put in a main event spot with stakes as high as they were. I just thought all four women over delivered. And, and I, and I'm, I'm not analyzing this. I'm not going to break it down. I'm not going to say, Oh, well, this particular little thing happened that really caught my attention. Cause there were many of those The the way I watch our business is very different than the way most fans watch our business. So it's not going to do anybody any real good to, for me to, to speak about what it was in particular. It was just the overall package. And I just thought to myself, this is exciting. You've got four women right now who are on the cusp of potentially being NXT women's champion, but you know, Tiffany Stratton doesn't want to give that up. You know, Tiffany Stratton at the same time would love to be on raw or SmackDown as would everybody. And if you're not of that mindset, you're in the wrong place. If you're in the performance center and you have a great gig and now, I mean, you can make a, a decent bit of money while you're learning our trade. But if you don't have that fire inside to change the business, to make your mark, to change the things that you don't like about our game or things that you think you can make better, a la a Seth freaking Rollins, who we're going to talk to in a, in a matter of minutes, you're in the wrong spot. Now is the time for all of these women to be looking at the proverbial brass ring whether it's a Kiana James or a Blair Davenport or Roxanne Perez to, to be able to say, you know what? No, now's my time. I'm going to show the world that I am undeniable to borrow a phrase from Cody and that I should be in the discussion for the next wave of female superstars in WWE. Someone's got to step up and challenge Rhea if Raquel doesn't get the job done. This was my question. What do you, Corey Graves, if you're a coach heading into this Saturday in Pittsburgh, what do you want to see from Raquel Rodriguez? Raquel Rodriguez needs to have the match of her life. We've seen Rhea and Raquel mix it up in NXT in the past. Many moons ago, our buddy John Crux spoke very highly of it, one of his favorite matches. Mm -hmm. The potential is all there. The talent is there. I don't know if the WWE Universe is as behind Raquel as she would like them to be yet. So I think it goes one of two ways. Either Raquel shows up and beats Rhea Ripley, which seems impossible, but it's not. 
Trust me, if you've watched Raquel and you know the physical tools she possesses, it could happen. At worst, I think Raquel shows up, pushes Rhea to the absolute limit and beyond. And it's a coming out party of sorts for Raquel Rodriguez, where the WWE universe, who may have not been paying attention for one reason or another, is going to be talking about Raquel after Saturday. I think that's what she has to realize is at stake in this matchup because she she could be champion or at worst in a much better, stronger position than she's been to this point in her career. And we've got a lot more payback to talk about KP, particularly the enigmatic assassin himself, Shinsuke Nakamura, who will be challenging our guest at this time. He is the world heavyweight champion. He is Seth freaking Rollins. Seth, first things first, welcome back to ATB. We appreciate the time as always. Thank you guys for having me. It's good to see your beautiful faces one more time. Always, always. Got a big, big matchup coming up this coming Saturday, defending your World Heavyweight Championship at Payback. We'll get to that in a second. Obviously, you and I and everybody in the WWE family, KP included, uh, top of mind right now. Uh, the loss of of our good friend and brother, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda. I know he meant a lot to you. Uh, there was a lot of, there was some footage floating around the internet uh, of, of your first match back after the, what we all went through together on Thursday. And I just didn't know if you had any thoughts or anything you wanted to share or reflect on. Uh, we, we talked at great length a few minutes ago about the FCW days and, and what a joy Wyndham was and how he always lit up any room he walked into. Yeah. I mean, I can only second or third or millionth, billionth that uh, sentiment. I mean, he was just, he was the life of any room he was in. I mean, it didn't, it didn't matter what was going on, how you were feeling the minute you saw him. It didn't matter how long it had been in between visits with Wyndham, anything like that. Like the moment you saw him, there was a handshake or a little finger shake sometimes um, or whatever it was that you had with him. And it, it was always followed with a, a warm embrace, uh, a laugh and a smile and, and uh, just, just this joy, you know, that, that was the first thing that came to my mind was joy. He was just always full of joy. And that's not to say Wyndham wasn't a super thoughtful dude because he was, he was deep and he was complex, but he was a simple guy at heart. He didn't. He didn't take a lot to pop him. You know? no. <laughs> didn't take a lot to make him a happy man. Uh, he was a tremendous conversation. He was just the best dad, a great friend. I mean, I'm still really just trying to wrap my head around the whole thing. It's uh, it's hard. You know, the weekend was really nice for me. I'll get that one out of the gate. It was. It was a. It was very much a therapeutic experience. I, I wasn't there on Friday. Um, for SmackDown. And so um, my Saturday in Cape Girardeau at our live event was like my my Friday, you know, yeah. being around other people who are going through the same feeling of loss and um, having them to, to hold and to talk to and to remember and all those things. And then being out there in front of the, the audience and, you know, I, I did a couple of his things and it just, it felt like I felt the spirit of him, you know? And, and that was, that was really nice. And, and it stinks that it takes tragedy to get us to, to, to see sometimes how special what we have in, in this wrestling bubble is, but 
here we are. And that's like the one positive that I'm taking out of it is just how much I do cherish everybody from our audience to all the boys and girls in the back, anybody who's ever made anything that we get to do possible in any small way. Um, and to these people that we share our lives with every single week, um, in some capacity, you know, I, I, there's just so much gratitude that I have for that. And I felt all of that this past weekend. Um, and it was really special all the way through Monday. Um, it's, it's just been a, a whirlwind I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but, um, yeah, man, I, I love them. Uh, I, as I know you, you know, we spent a lot of time with him. We'll miss him. We'll miss that. I just, I can't believe he's gone. I really can't. Beautifully said. It's going to take a while to wrap our heads around, but I, I completely agree. I, I said to Kevin something very similar about how as, as heavy as everyone's heart was on Friday, there's nowhere else I would have rather been than at TV in that moment to be there with Braun and Rowan and all of the, the brothers that came up through FCW with us. It really, I think, helped helped us all and we helped each other. It was a, a mutual experience and, and uh, there will never be another man, never be another oh. Wyndham Rotunda, man. God bless that man. <laughs> Not even close. The guy was special, special in a million ways. I was, I was, we're lucky to have, have known him. Hey Seth, quick one on, on, on just the creativity of Wyndham and Bray Wyatt and you watching his journey throughout is how special was the creativity that we all witnessed? Yeah, you know, the thing that creativity is one thing, but the resilience, you got to remember like William Wyndham was 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 like this close to getting fired. Right. He was this this close to just being gone. He he had come up, done NXT, he was he had done the Husky Harris thing, he'd gotten removed uh, from the the NXT kind of takeover uh thing, the the Nexus stuff that happened on on uh on television and he got sent back down to developmental and like he 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 just totally revamped himself like took took a shot and it it wasn't immediate you know he tried a lot of different things he had a lot of different ideas floating around in his head and to be there kind of on the ground floor and see that process and see what it what eventually turned into bray wyatt and the wyatt family i mean that is a lesson to not to I'll keep it in the wrestling bubble. That, but that's a lesson to all young talent or talents who are trying to find their footing in our industry. Like, don't let setbacks um, force you to feel like you failed or that you need to give up or give in or 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 any of that. You can be successful. You just have to figure yourself out. You know, you've got to figure out who you are, what your character is, how you want, like you can do all these things. You just have to believe and you have to work and you have to process and it takes time and that's okay. And, you know, I know Wyndham was frustrated during that period of time, but he just let his creative juices flow. And he had, you know, American dream, Dusty Rhodes there. And he had his friends and his brothers and his people and everybody was rooting for him. And I remember the first time, like hearing the Bray Wyatt kind of voice, because don't get me wrong, that's that's a lot of Wyndham, but you know that little twang. I remember the first time I heard him talk like that. It, it's giving me goosebumps right now. I just told the it's story that the, right now. The first, the same. The, my, the hairs on my arms are standing up right now because yeah. th- that first time, the first time we as a promo class met Bray Wyatt, man. 
Like what, what did we just see? Yeah. I, I, uh, I just, it, it, what it turned into, I could have never imagined, you know, that was, that was special. But I just remember, I remember, like, I can't remember the time place. I don't remember the day. I don't remember, you know, we had a million promo classes. I don't remember none of that, but I remember distinctly the first time I heard his voice and I just, that, that, that Bray Wyatt delivery, that whisper, you know, that, that cadence, that whisper changed everything. And, and, and then he was off to the races from there. And sometimes that's all it takes, but most important thing it takes is like that diligence, that resilience and that patience to understand that it's just not going to happen overnight, you know? And when your back's against the wall, like you fight, man, keep fighting. And, and he did, and he was special in that way. And he was remarkable in his creativity. Um, and what he brought to, you know, Harper, uh, Brody and, and Rowan and what he gave them, uh, and Braun, uh, as well. You know, he, he contributed a lot to a lot of people who looked up to him. And, um, and so he was a special cat, man, really, really was. And, and you're, you're dead on. I mean, creativity is, is second to none character work and effort that he put into that character and what the vision for Bray Wyatt was, um, you know, second to none. And, and hell while we're on it, I mean, look, the Fiend and Bray Wyatt, the two versions of Bray Wyatt that you saw on WWE television were, you know, two completely different brainchilds for him. Sure. You know? Right. And so, um, and even in his final incarnation, the, the third version, I mean, he was always figuring out new ways to reinvent himself. And he and I were very similar in that kind and that we were, we're, we're always thinking, we're always thinking what's next, what's next, what's next. How do we, how do we transform? How do we, how do we transcend what we've already done? And, uh, gosh, I was always in awe of how he was able to come up with, um, these, these transformations that made sense in the, in the, depth of his character you know it, it if you look at the trajectory of everything that he did it all it all flowed together in like this perfect river um, but they were all so different from each other and that was that's a hard thing to do and he did it better than anybody i would say he changed the the ability and the, what it means to be a character within the the halls within the constraints of wwe he, he when's the last time i mean you look at mick foley had three different characters but they weren't nearly as fleshed out or deep or, or compelling on an individual level as everything Bray seemed to create. It was just absolute magic. Yeah. In a million ways, that guy was a throwback to an older day. You know, he really was as a person he was. And as a performer, you look at the, the reality with which we approach wrestling nowadays with the way we approach our characters, there's always some like kind of root in reality and it's hard to take the characters to different places, uh, a la the undertaker, uh, early days of the undertaker and to be able to suspend your audience's disbelief and captivate them the way the Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt characters did was unbelievable to, to a point where I personally didn't know if it was possible. You know, I didn't know if it was going to work because it was it was so far removed. But to be able to have confidence in himself and take that risk in front of our audience and really, really just put yourself out there and say, you know what, I'm going all in. I'm going to commit one thousand percent and it's going to be awesome. And like to have that confidence and, and that ability to just throw it all in, put all your chips on the table. You, you know, I mean, man, what a risk taker. What an innovator. Uh, 
there's, there's just no way. There's no not no not enough uh, superlatives for for Wyndham Rotunda. I agree, man. There's nothing nothing left that hasn't been said, and and it can go on all day about the guy. I mean, it, it, absolutely incredible. But you, you keep mentioning having your back against the wall, and this is my ham-fisted attempt at a, at a transition to uh, change the subject on things. But you talk about having that mentality, your back against the wall, keep fighting. Kevin and I were discussing right now how. Across the board, I'm going to ask you about the women's division, uh, because obviously I know you're a fan. You watch everything. You keep your, your finger on the pulse of everything. Right now, to me, uh, with the exception of, of your wife, uh, a lot of the f- first generation are, are not active right now. The, the women who forced the evolution, uh, you're, you know, Charlotte's away right now. Bianca's away right now. Bailey is still doing her thing. Dakota's hurt. Carmella's gone. Bliss is gone, currently speaking. And I, I said that it feels to me like the time is right for someone else to step up and grab that brass ring, so to speak, to force the change and be the next generation, the next wave. Much like your generation, our generation of yourself, the Shield, Roman, Bray, all kind of made it to the top of the card. But you need the rest of the card. You need those next superstars to step in the ring with that next generation. I know that's something that's always been very important to you is the changing the business for the better. When you look across the women's landscape, would you agree with that assessment that, that the time is right for some new people to step up? I would say a hundred percent. There are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of space to fill there right now um, on raw on SmackDown. I think absolutely there is a void. And what I, what I sense more than anything is this kind of bubbling um, little undercurrent from our audience. Like they, they want something fresh and new and they want they want to have people to get behind they they want to they want it you know and i and i'm not saying these people are coming from nxt you never know it might be a uh somebody that steps up at chelsea green at piper niven you never know there's tons of women capable on our main roster at the moment but there is like this i i'm feeling it it's very much like this 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 we want something more out of the women and we know it's there and we can't wait to see it. But there's there's like a growing intrigue. There's a growing desire to to see it. And I think, you know, uh, this past Monday, um, Zoe Stark um, was in the ring with my wife, Becky, and they absolutely wrecked Tore the main event down. of Monday Night Raw. Absolutely yeah. wrecked it, dude. And that was Zoe's first main event. First main event on Raw, and I told her afterwards. I said, first to many. It's it's going to be a huge thing. She's one of them that, that has the opportunity to really lead this next generation of women uh, into the future. And um, and I just think that it's 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 there, man. It feels like we're, they're on the cusp of a breakthrough. I felt like Monday was a huge reminder of what they're capable of. Um, they haven't, and I'm going to be frank with you, they haven't been showcased as well as they could have been over the past, you know, f- six months or so. They haven't been. I would agree with that. Asi- aside from a few exceptions, um, and I don't need to, you know, pick and choose and name names. And it, it, sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles. And that's part of the in- the industry. It's part of the business. Uh, you know, I've been in, in situations where absolutely, I feel like I've, I've not been showcased or male talent the same way. It has nothing to do, in, in my opinion, with with uh, gender at all. It's just, it's a, it's a, a s- s- kind of, commentary on where we're at right now and and more to what you said it there are opportunities and i think monday was a reminder of how incredible our female talent roster is and can be when given the opportunity 
to main event to succeed and to be the best. And so uh, I'm with you, man. I think I think it's all there. I just can't wait to see who steps up and and uh, and fills that space and and grabs that grabs that ring, as you said. You're talking about the business uh, there a lot, Seth. How healthy is the business in your eyes right now? I'd love to get the thoughts of Seth freaking Rollins on. <laughs> Bro, we are in the boom, man. You don't. You got to understand. There is another company that just put eighty thousand people in a stadium for one night. A week before that. We sold 90,000 tickets to WrestleMania, broke the all-time gate on the first day. There are seven, eight different television programs of professional wrestling on a week, not counting premium live events or pay-per-views. I mean, the talent roster across the board is beyond what what any generation has ever put forward. And it's very easy to look back at the past with rose colored glasses and say, Oh, but this, but that, and I'm not taking anything away from the guys who paved the way I stand on the shoulders of these guys. I I don't do what I do. I can't do without the legends of our industry that have, you know, defined their own generations, but they should be proud. And I know they are because they're the people who got us to where we are now. The business is bigger than it's ever been. It makes more money than it's ever made. It's healthier. It's, I mean, the future of the business is so bright and I'm so happy to be a part of it in any capacity. I can't tell you um, the pride I take when I see young, young cats coming up and succeeding in our industry and helping push the thing forward or guys getting an opportunity to prove their worth. And they do because they're capable. And, and then seeing guys like, you know, edge who, who is, is, you know, close to deciding to hang it up one way or the other, still go out there and absolutely tear the house down with Seamus in Toronto, like just on every level, it's just firing, man. It's just firing. And so, I, I can't say enough about our industry right now. I'm so proud of it. It's healthier physically than it's ever been. The longevity for our generation is going to be better than the generation before us because, you know, we learned and we got smarter. Um, and and the, the business as a whole, the money, it's all there. It's um, just, I, I, I can't say enough. I really can't. I completely agree with every sentiment you just shared with us. Uh, as the guy who is a flag bearer for WWE, now as the world heavyweight champion, you made it very public that your mission was to elevate this new championship, to have it viewed in the same light as Roman's championship, to have a workhorse title that you could be proud of week after week after week. And hats off to you. Congratulations. You've done that. You have delivered on your promises. But now that you've had a few months to to sit in it, to be in it, is there a lot more work to be done? How do you assess what you've done thus far? And what's the next step? Yeah, there's, there's uh, you know, the work never ends, man. Uh, I will say this. I feel like we've done a really good job um, as far as as the World Heavyweight Championship is concerned. I'm really proud uh, of the work that we've put in. And the title is is on its way to feeling special. And, and the big thing about that and the one thing that I think um, kind of doesn't get talked about or flies under the radar a little bit. And, and I don't I don't mean this as a knock on Roman's schedule of choice or anything like that. But the, the, the actual visibility of the championships and I mean, physically seeing the title in person, on graphics, on TV every week, you see it at the live events, you see it on social media, photograph. It almost feels like, like 
and I don't mean this negatively. It almost feels like Roman Reigns is the championship as opposed to Roman Reigns is the champion. Whereas Seth Rollins is wearing the World Heavyweight Championship. I am representing the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, when Roman's on TV, he's special. He's appearing at live events, he's special. But it's almost like it's Roman Reigns. Not necessarily. Like it's something different. Like it's not necessarily even part of the same show. It's just this sidebar. It's not even, yeah, it's not even like Roman Reigns, the universal champion. You know, that's like, it's just like this. It's almost a secondary part of how big he is. And that that's a testament to how incredible, you know, his run and his rise to kind of this uh, mega star uh, has become this mega, you know, cult of personality that he's got going on. It's, it's really been impressive. But on our side, we're hustling, man. It's in Cape Girardeau. It's in Huntsville, Alabama. It's in Memphis, Tennessee. And this Saturday, it's going to be in Pittsburgh. And it's going to be defended against Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, a guy that everybody had written off a month ago. You know, two months ago. And now, uh, you know, if you get on Twitter, you got tons of people saying it's Shin's time to take the title from me. So I think uh, I think I think we're doing something right here, man. I think something I think good things are happening. And I think the World Heavyweight Championship is a huge part of that. As someone who has been in the ring with Shinsuke Nakamura, speaking to yourself and, and someone who is a fan of Nakamura, does it give you any sort of pause that we're finally seeing the Shinsuke Nakamura that we all thought we were going to get long ago, the sort of New Japan throwback, that sadistic, evil, scary, bizarrely charismatic Nakamura, you brought that out of him. That's who you're stepping into the ring with Saturday. It, does it does it give you any pause? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, he's a dangerous cat, dude. I mean, you look at his catalog, uh, it's second to none, you know. He's one of the greatest in-ring performers there is. Uh in many ways, I am thrilled that our audience is finally getting to see the version of Shinsuke Nakamura that uh, you know you and I fell in love with many years ago. Uh, and so I'm excited for him to be able to get himself to a place where clearly his confidence is rocking. You can yes. see it. You can feel it. There's an electricity every single time he's out there, often at my expense. But even the uh, the pre-tape packages have been something to behold. And you can see it, man. He's just a special dude. He's vibing. He's feeling himself. Uh, the, the only issue for him is that I am also vibing and also feeling <laughs> myself. And so we're, we're two dudes kind of at the top of our game. Like, it's going to be special, man. Uh, a few years ago, some people might have called this a dream match. I think now more than ever. It's a dream match. And the fact that we've got the World Heavyweight Championship on the line on a major premium live event, like that's only going to add to it. It's really going to be a special night for, for both of us, I think. But how bad is your back, Seth? Is Shinsuke onto something here? Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. You know, my back sucks. It's, 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 uh, I, I, I've had these injuries for four or five years now. It's, uh, I've, I've, I have two stress fractures in my, my low, like the lowest vertebrae you can possibly have in my low back. Um, and, and occasionally they flare up. Um, and if they accrue too much damage, it can become extremely painful and it can be very difficult for me to get through matches and it can be very difficult for me to get up for you know the morning activities uh for days sometimes so there is absolutely a danger in that and if he does take specific target to that body part there's a possibility that it it will debilitate me for the match 
And for some time after that, there's no question about it. But on the other side of that, I've had this injury for a long time. I know how to manage it. Uh, I'm uh, smarter than I've ever been in the ring, you know. Um, and so I'm able to to take the punishment. I've trained my body to take the punishment. Um, I know how to work around it. And so that's going to be my intent as he's going to intend to target it. I won the World Heavyweight Championship with these injuries. I beat AJ Styles with these injuries, Finn Balor with these injuries. I see no reason why I won't be able to do the same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura, regardless of him targeting my, my back injuries or not. Um, it's going to be very interesting. This is kind of the first time that I've, I've had someone really come, come at this injury. Um, and so that does make me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I feel very confident that, I, that I'll be able to kind of handle it and, and push through. Let's say that you do succeed at payback. You do emerge victorious as world heavyweight champion yet again. What's the next step? Do you think that far ahead or are you still on that very week to week? Let's just take life as it comes sort of mentality. I mean, I'm along for the ride, man. I'm, I'm, I'm flowing. I I look at the raw roster and I just see tons of guys that I would love to get in the ring with from Tommaso Ciampa to Chad Gable to the ring general. Um, all of them. I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, I'd love to get in there with Sammy and Kevin. Um, I, I'd love to get in there with Bronson Reed. Um, I mean, gosh, there, there's just Drew McIntyre. Um, you know, there, there's tons of guys out there that I think would make absolute great challengers for the world heavyweight championship. So I'm always wondering, like, I just watching to see who's gonna, who's gonna raise their stock to the point where it makes sense to get them in the ring uh, with myself and, and they're going to be a formidable enough fight for me that it's going to be a, uh, a task to defend that title. And I think they're all there physically, mentally, character wise, who's going to be able to get themselves there. Um, and then I'm always looking at WrestleMania, man. I'm looking at the biggest box office you can get. I'm looking at the main event in Philadelphia next year. That's what I want. I'm always going to be looking at that. And whether that's Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, whether that's Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I mean, who knows? There's a, there, anybody on the outside wants to come in, take a shot. Whatever's going to put me on the marquee in the main shot spot at WrestleMania, my eyes are always there for that. I almost asked you to call your shot and instead you just came out here with a machine gun and just, just took everything out. I'll take anybody on. What I want other- them all, man. I want them all. I want the whole business. I want you all coming at me. I want everybody. That's what I love. That's when everybody gets better. Iron sharpens iron. And there is a lot of iron out there right now, baby. I love it. I love it. And there's one other match going down at payback that I'm sure you have a vested interest in. I'm sure I know how I know your opinion on how this thing plays out. But your wife, Becky Lynch, stepping into a steel cage with WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. How does this one end? Give us a spoiler. Well, you know, you can win by escaping the cage. I got a real good feeling Becky's not interested in getting out of that cage for (laughs) even two seconds. I, I, I remember back to um Brett the Hitman Hart versus Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon at WrestleMania uh, many, many, many moons ago. And it was just an obliteration is what it was. (laughs) (laughs) The Hitman worked Mr. McMahon all over that ring for far too long. And I fully expect Becky to relish every single second that she's got in that cage with Trish. She's going to tear her apart and then she's going to pin her in the center of the ring and, finally 
be done with Trish Stratish and hopefully Zoe Stark as well. Uh, I know she is, she is, she has waited, waited a long time to get her hands just on Trish by herself alone. No money in the bank match. No Zoe Stark hanging around. Just Trish, just Becky. Gonna be a steel cage. It's what steel cage matches were were made for. It's what to they settle the they score. Exist. Yeah, out of necessity, not because you want it, because you need it. <laughs> you need it absolutely. And this rivalry uh, necessitates a steel cage. And uh, these girls are gonna get it. Trish always said she wanted to uh, to have a cage match. Well, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Did you, by any chance, laugh nearly as hard as I did on Monday night when Trish fired the steel chair and hit Zoe? <laughs> Oh my God, dude. I wish you could have seen me in gorilla. I I was sitting in gorilla watching it. We were all sitting in there and I'm sitting against a chair on the other side of the room. I lost my mind, dude. I lost my mind. I came, I came out of my seat. I was like Fred Flintstone tippy toeing around. (laughs) I had tears coming down my eyes. Then they ran, they ran the replays for us in gorilla during the commercial. And I got to see the nice slow-mo of it just oh, careening God. off the side of her face. And Zoe just, just stone faced. Like what just happened to me? What is going oh, on right my now? God. I, 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 it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. That was the first time I genuinely laughed in four days. I was Absolutely. watching that at home and I, I was, you know, watching the match, not just kind of doing, <laughs> talking to, talking to my wife, doing whatever. And I went, did that just, wait a second. Thank God for DVR. Cause I rewound it immediately. And I went, yes. And by that point it hit Twitter oh. and I put it right up there with Titus world slide, man. That was one of those. Oh yeah. Magical mishaps that could never happen again, but God dang. Unbelievable. What a if it, ask ask your friends in production to send you the replays, they got some real good <laughs> shots of that. I, I think I think if you want another laugh over the weekend uh, or before Friday, get some replays of that bad boy. That's a good one. All right, Seth. I just want to say thank you again for hanging out with us and sharing your thoughts on everything surrounding the WWE universe. Good luck at Payback. And personally, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm not gonna lie. I get to be a fan again. Two of my favorites in the game throwing down for the World Heavyweight Championship in my hometown, in my home arena. I fully expect magic. No pressure, but magic. (laughs) Man, I'm used to pressure. I work best under pressure, so I'm excited. Pittsburgh's lovely. Uh, Last time we had a premium live event in Pittsburgh, I was the main event as well. Went a little crazy, went a little haywire, but hey, man, that's the way it flows. I'm excited to get back there and do it again. So can't wait to see your city, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Until next time, boys. What a chat. Loved it. Cheers, Seth. Cheers. Yes, sir. Appreciate the time, man. Make sure you're following Seth at WWE Rollins. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcasts. Just search After the Bell and smash that follow button so you never miss an episode. And full episodes of ATB are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday, usually. But if you're listening to this, head over to the YouTube channel right now. It's available Friday. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. 